Hello, welcome to the second podcast of The Listener Christian. This is not the introduction, it is simply uh, an explanation podcast. I want to first acknowledge that the first podcast was not perfect. Was tired and frustrated. I've been listening to too many videos taking Christ's children away from Christ. And I'm sorry I haven't been the listener that I should have been. In this podcast, I'm going to break down some of the key actions and concepts of being a listener. Today I'll teach you how to listen and absorb. That is to listen to all and not judge. That means don't take it to heart. Just listen like children. I think I've been throwing a lot of concepts and nothing grounded so here's the first tip my tip on how to tell if someone is a liar bit of a strategy piece first they'll give you story A You don't know if story A is true or false. There's no way of determining that unless you had more information. Now, if you go away at this point, they probably have achieved their goal uh, if you've absorbed it and taken it as truth. But say you're not convinced and ask for more details or just say, I'm sorry this has happened to you. What happened? The liar will give you story B. Story B is highly connected to story A. This isn't the point of determination. It's actually story C and onwards. You see, it's very easy to connect story B to story C. But from story C to story A, it requires a third dimension of thought and creativity. Let's say you push it it all the way to story D, story E, story F. If all those stories have to interconnect, someone needs to spend a lot of time and energy to find a way to connect it all. Liars are simpletons. They lie to get something with the least amount of effort needed. And this is true with a lot of corporates when they're getting sued they'll write a very simple narrative because it's easy for us to understand. This is why cross-examination exists. Now, as listeners, keep the main points of story and try to connect all the information. If the stories are easy to swallow and lacking complexities, it's likely a lie. 
I said likely. It could definitely be the truth. See, the thing is, reality is anything but simple. That's something to keep that in mind. Now, I think the first podcast was a bit of a drag, a bit of a, you know, a dump of mental notes. But I want to do a really quick meditation. In the next pod, <laughs> in the next podcast, we'll dive into deep prayer and meditation. For now. I'd like you to close your eyes, relax your neck, relax your shoulders, breathe in and breathe out slowly. With each breath, blow out a sigh of relief. How does that feel? Maybe you need to take another breath. I won't rush you. Hopefully you've taken the second breath by now. Now, I want you to think of a lie. Not a lie that you may have said or given, but this is a lie that someone else have said to you. A lie that affected you. I want you to remember how that felt. Are you angry? Or upset? Or a bit of both? Or maybe a lot of both? I want you to relive the lies, everything that they've said, piece together. Try to remember the body language that was presented, the context, the people around connecting to that lie. Did it look normal and honest? A lie only works if it looks honest. I think at this point, some of you may be crying or have a tear. Others feel angry. These are normal feelings. I want you to imagine Christ next to you. Many people have used Christ's name in vain. Others have used his name to kill. But they're not Christ. Nor Christ doing. Just sinful people. Now I want you to imagine how Christ feels. Christ 
name being used to promote corruption, to hide corruption. This is a very dirty world that we live in. And it's not to say that what you suffered is any less than compared to Christ. No. What you have now, and what you now feel, is empathy with Christ. A thread connecting you and Christ. Because you and Jesus were all hurt by lies. Christ was also put on the cross because of lies. Now take a deep breath and come back to the moment. Come back to us. And if you need to pause, pause now. Pause so that you may get some air, whatever you need. Okay, for those that have come back to us, thank you. I'm now going to read a bit from the scriptures. Psalm 34, 11 to 18 from the ESV. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days, but he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous and his ears towards their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. The fear of the Lord, what does it mean? You fear the Lord, like you fear a lion next to you. You would probably be very silent and listening to move. Or would you freak out? But it is interesting. In this passage, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Christ is near to those that have suffered. Not those that may suffer, but don't suffer. It's those that have already suffered. In the ESV version for Matthew 18:2-4, and calling to him a child, he put in the midst of them and said, "Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven." Again, we've been told to listen like children. 
my children, for those with kids, they listen, but they don't quite obey. But somehow, a lot of the interpretation of what it means to be a child is to be absolutely obedient to what the authorities say. Have you heard the phrase, sorry you were offended? It's not really an apology, is it? They didn't have to listen. In fact, they're irritated that they're put into a meeting or a position where they have to think about your feelings. They can't listen. Some people just don't. Or they only listen to those in charge. But not the truth. Listening is a technique of absorbing all. It's not just what we hear. When you see something, you are also listening. When you're reading something, you are listening. Both physical and spiritual. Now, lessons learned in wisdom, knowledge, or just street smarts uh, are all things that children pick up to form their place in the world. In effect, they're in survival mode. When they go into adults, they take all they've absorbed and become the form to fit into their place in the world. This is natural adulthood in human societies. It happens in all cultures, not just Christian ones. It's used by many religions and churches. So, what distinguishes Christians from others? Christians, true ones, become children again, known as rebirth. I'm jumping to Buddhism now. Now, A teacher named Shunru Suzuki in the US wrote a book about beginner's mind. He was not happy with the state of meditation from existing practices in Japan at the time. So he went across to the US and after a few years wrote the book about relearning and absorbing Soto meditation. He did it to better understand the culture of America that was predominantly Christian. His book has reached many people. And as you know, I'm frustrated that the truth and the lies were thrown around so easily in the media. What I listened to and meditated on versus what people believed. They lived on convenient lies in the hope that someone would sort the truth out for them. Now, what distinguishes us is Christ. Jesus Christ. So you may have heard me talk about threads. Don't mention it before. What is a thread? A thread is a relationship. And what we know is threads that God uses to interact with us. So when we're empathetic to Christ, we have a relationship there. It moves us. It impacts us. When Christ taught us to pray, he says, the Father already knows what we want, but we should still ask. Matthew 6, the Lord's Prayer. And when you pray, you must not be like 
the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go to a room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if, you give, for if you forgive others their trespass, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. In our current society and Christian circles, we look for major miracles or fake ones. We never look at the small. And I feel that this is this is not quite what Christianity has ever been. We look for the next Jesus amongst people. But there is no other Jesuses around people. Alright. That's a lot to take in the next one, the next topic I want to talk about, might just throw the spanner in the works. Prophecy. In the last podcast, prophecy was mentioned as a gift. Prophecy is a type of listener. It's one that is given the thread of the future to interpret. It's not a leader. Not a leadership. In fact, some of the prophets in the Old Testament were persecuted by leaders and people. But if you've read any of the prophets in the Old Testament, they all listened to God. They're on the thread of the future. A relationship to the future. It is a gift that is rare. No one can train for it. But if it is given, one needs to practice it. One needs to train to listen to Christ and the threads to really prophetically determine the prophecy. Am I a prophet? I don't know. Do I profess to be a prophet? No, I'm just a podcaster. I'm just as human as you. But I want you to judge me by my fruits and by my message. If I am one, or if you are, as listeners, we should all be able to determine this by combining all of the things that we've heard may be able to see if one of us is a prophet 
and one day I do hope to find one. But I don't think I will be one. But who knows, things can change. Am I one of those people who just believe in God because of just the word or the knowledge? No. I don't have a I don't have a good memory of words. But my mind is built on relationships. Have there been weird, uncomfortable things I've seen? Yes. I'll share one with you right now. There was a time a morning crow called out Requies, Requies, Requies. That morning the sky was blood red in Kingsford, Sydney, Australia. At close to 4am or 5am, I woke up and I was still awake because I was so shocked by it. Eventually the sky turned purple and then ombre to blue and the crow just became a normal crow sound and I thought what does that mean was it a coincidence possibly was there meaning well I still remember it so I guess it probably is now I'm going to talk about false prophets here thing is there are people out there whether it's financial gain, reputational gain, or just, I don't know, trying to fit in. There are people out there with vivid imagination, and they use the fear of racism or ideology like communism or socialism to advance their progress. Fear makes us move, makes us act in a way to protect ourselves. They'll say they predict or prophesy certain things when it is just vivid imagination. If they get enough people, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, a pseudo-prophecy. It still works, but it's not true prophecy. Now, I'm going to rewind back to 1998, a year when Hong Kong was handed back to China. And I believe in 2000, after 2000, there was an American prophecy that the the world will end in um, 2003 or 2008 or 2011. Um, this was broadcast across TV, internet, and across so many so many media. And I thought, well, that's a good point. There's no point in doing my high school exams. And then obviously later on when they revised, no point in doing university exams. Nope, never happened. The pastor that claimed this prophecy did not sell all their assets. Instead, he was actually using the contributions to buy more assets. You might think, yeah, actions speak out of the words. Let's move on. No. We can't move on. People who make false prophecy, who act like prophets, who don't disclose everything at the time, they need to be taken out of the equation. 
I believe true prophecy is years of dedication to listening, praying and meditation. And that is true for all the old prophets and also Christ, as we saw when he meditated on the hill before walking on water. It is a combination of listening and understanding. I mentioned it earlier, my weakness is knowledge. I can't retain something for so long. My mind is weirdly just built on relationships. I remember things by what happened based on the chain of events. For me to remember something, I need to have understood relationship to that item or object or context. And so when people say, oh, I can't believe you remember that scene from that movie. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, because I remember something else and there's a chain reaction. So I'm going to summarize a little bit here. In the world, there is order and chaos. The physical church is order. Listening is chaos. We listen and record all. We chaotically build a picture. There's no method of putting things together. There's no order to it. You know, putting A, B, C. No. We collect what we can and build what we can and we join the dots when possible. We take the time to make the decision. And we feel good about making that decision. Even if it means missing an opportunity. It's okay, I made that decision to not do it because it was risky. I don't have to feel bad. People make others feel bad for not taking the opportunity. Don't do that. It's worth paying more for the right decision. Sometimes I do go to a shop and just pay more. Because I know that profit would help support that small business owner. I don't need to wait for discounts. And if we gave our time to make the right decision, rather than rushing in, then Christ would be that right decision. You took five years, ten years, twenty years to decide Christ is your saviour. It's worth it to do it. And if you, you did take that long, and someone is saying, why, why did you take so long? Why did you take you know, years and years? Because you had to be sure. And all that time that you've taken to make that decision is not wasted. When Christ said in Matthew 24, to be prepared, don't be rushed, be true. It means listen. It means taking the right decision. Taking your time to make it. Because that's what true relationship is all about. So I'm going to end this podcast with a simple encouragement that if you are suffering as a Christian, are listening and you're not forming the right pictures because the people around you aren't believing you 
Just know that Christ is there. Also know that I'm there as well. I'm a listener. Tell me your story. And if you tell me your story, maybe I believe you as well. Maybe I don't. But at least you know we are the point of difference. I want you to take heart and know that if you do share your story, I will be there to listen to you. But more importantly, Christ is there to listen to you. And that new thread that you just found while meditating, keep a closer heart. Empathy with Christ is a beautiful thread to have. And don't let anyone cut that thread away. Well, that's it for the podcast. I hope I'll see you next time. Thank you.